everyone. Welcome to the Gigi Tetas podcast. My name is Stacy. I am a Gigi Teta, and this is my podcast. So for today's episode, I decided to compile a list of common or commonly used jujitsu terms that maybe somebody who's not familiar with jujitsu doesn't train or doesn't train yet might be a little confused when they hear it. This was actually a topic that was requested by my sister. So thanks, April. She was asking me, she's like, well, well, you said this in your episode, but I don't know what that means. And so then I would explain it to her. And then she would say like, oh, and then I heard this episode and I, you said this, but I don't know what that means. So we ended up coming up with the idea. I was like, why don't I just kind of make an episode that sort of just explains a lot of these terms, like what I'm talking about. So thus, the idea for this episode was born. So this was a collaborative effort between sisters. So thanks, April. Also, before we get started, I do want to give recognition and a big thank you to my Patreon supporter, Anne Foster. She's the host of Vulgar History Podcast, also found wherever you get your podcasts. So wherever you're listening to this, you can find Vulgar History in that same place, as she likes to say. Sorry, Anne, I borrowed your phrasing. That's what Anne says. You can find Vulgar History in that same place wherever you're listening to this. So thank you, Anne. I appreciate your support very much. And also, if people are wondering, and I put this in the show notes also, if you're wondering how you can help support me in the podcast, the biggest thing you can do is listen to the episodes, share them with your friends, give a rating, and then also leave me a review. Those really, really, really help. If you are inclined to support me in the podcast in a financial manner, then I actually have two options for you. So your two options are to join the Patreon, and I post all my episodes there ad-free. You get early access to them. You know, I I post behind-the-scenes posts, um, sneak peeks. I post, I had a poll up there with two different topic options, and my Patreon supporters, well, my Patreon supporter, and chose this one to come up next. So if you want to have a say in some of the things that go on around here, then Patreon is a place for you. If you have it in your in your heart that you want to support me and the podcast financially, but you're just like, mm, I don't really know if a monthly subscription thing is for me. I don't know if I want that. Then I also do have a, a page on buymeacoffee.com where you can just make like a one-time donation and, you know, be done with it. So those links will all be in the show notes below, as they are every time. And no matter how you support the podcast, I sincerely appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Now, getting into the episode. Now, I do have to admit, you guys, this is take number two on doing on doing this take number one I went a little bit overboard with <laughs> I went a little bit overboard just in general I had the whole entire alphabet and I had at least one term for almost every single letter and it was well over an hour of recording and I was just like this is too much this is too much so I've decided to really like pare this down to just the most commonly used terms 
either referring to a position, referring to specific names of things, or like phrases you might hear people saying, especially if your instructor um, hails from Brazil, you might hear some specific words and phrases being used. So those are the ones I've decided, you know what, those are the most important ones. Those are people are going to be talking about all the time. That's what they're going to hear. And these are probably just the ones that matter the most. And everything else you can figure out just by training or whatever. So, <laughs> so I had to, I just, I had to cut it down. I was like, oh, this is too much. Okay. So here we go. Now I still kept it in alphabetical order because that's, that's the ordering that made the most sense to my brain. But we're not going to be here for an hour listing out every single term. All right. So, okay. So here we go. Jiu-jitsu terms explained. Letter A, armbar. This is basically just a, a straight hyperextension of your elbow joint. Armbar, your, your arm is straight out and your elbow is being hyperextended. Also with letter A, Americana. This is a very commonly used technique. Um, it's a submission and it's a shoulder lock. So basically anytime we talk about a, a joint lock, that's pretty much when your joint is immobilized and then there's like a twisting or a pressure put on it that is very uncomfortable. Letter B, back take. So a back take is when you as the offensive player are on the back of your opponent. Um, you have a proper back take when you have your feet and heels on your opponent's hips or in front of their hips and then you have your arms wrapped around them from behind and clasped together. That's a back take. And it can look a little different depending on what position you're in, but that's the basics of it. Next, um, barambolo. So a barambolo is a very specific type of like guard, I guess, where it's you use your feet on your opponent's hips and you, you like spin around. It's just... It's fancy looking. It's it's really cool to see if you have the flexibility to do it. It's really neat. But do you have to bear and bolo? No. But you can though. It looks cool. Okay, next um, for the letter B is bora. Bora. That is a word in Portuguese that basically just means like let's go, come on, type of a thing. Okay, next. Letter C. Mm, yeah, don't really have much for letter C, so I'm going to skip it. Letter D. Okay, so for letter D, I'm going to name some some names that you might be hearing a lot. One is the De La Hiva. De La Hiva is a type of outside hook that you play in open guard. And what happens is instead of keeping your feet on the person's hips or you know, putting your feet elsewhere, what you do is you circle your leg to the outside and then you pummel your foot onto the inside of their thigh while you hold on to the ankle on the bottom. So that's a de la Hiva. Um, next for letter D is Dars, which is a type of choke. It's similar to like an anaconda choke, but instead of putting your leading arm at the neck, you put it under the, their arm and then you reach through and grab your own bicep. It's a choke, basically. De La Hiva is a leg hook and the Dars is a choke. So if, if you're new to Jiu Jitsu and you're just like, oh my god, I don't understand this explanation. It's, that's all right. It's fine. De La Hiva is, a le you hook your leg on the outside of the other person's leg. A Dars is a choke. 
and you use your arms to to execute it. Okay, next, letter E. The the one I have here is the Ezekiel choke. And again, this is a very specific type of choke. Usually what happens is you have one of your arms behind the person's head. I tend to try this a lot when I am mounted on somebody. That's just what I like to do. Um, you can also get it from guard, but anyway. Okay, so you have one of your arms behind your opponent's head. That same arm that's behind the head, you use your hand to grab onto your own opposite sleeve. So, so let's just say if I have my left arm behind somebody's head, I'm going to use my left hand to grab into my right sleeve. And then you bring your right hand up and over and in front of their neck. And then you posture up and it crushes the throat. It's, it's very uncomfortable. So um, you can also get this from like the rear. So if you have, let's, let's just say I, I have my left arm in front of somebody's throat, then I could, would do the same technique. I would grab my right sleeve, my left hand, my left hand grabs my right sleeve, and then I would bring my right hand up and over to behind the neck and then do the same motion and it has the same effect. That's Ezekiel. Okay, next for F, I had a couple of them, but basically the one I think might be most useful is foot lock, but basically any sort of joint lock, you guys, which I guess I could skip to letter L, but I don't want to go out of order because then I'll be out of order and then it'll mess me up. But basically just keep in mind any sort of joint lock is where you immobilize the joint and then twist or put pressure on it and it is extremely uncomfortable and the person will tap. If they can't roll out of it or whatever, then they will tap. It's, it's, it doesn't feel good. Okay, so the next, for letter G, I think the biggest one to talk about is guard. This is a position that is extremely powerful for jiu-jitsu players. Basically, what happens in guard is if you have somebody in your guard, you are generally laying down on the ground, and the person is in front of your legs somehow. So either they are in between your legs with your ankles crossed behind their back, or they're standing up and your feet are on their hips, or your feet are somewhere else in, in front of you, in between you and your opponent. And that's that's the basics of what guard is. And so then kind of offshooting that is guard passing, which is what your opponent has to do. The guard pass is basically you need to get around the person's legs and get back to the torso. So it's that's what that is. Okay. Um, next, I'm going to skip, skip, skip. And... The last one for letter G, I'm going to say is Galera. This is a word in Portuguese that basically means like you guys, y'all, or everybody, that kind of thing. So sometimes you might hear your professor combine Bora and Galera to be like, Bora Galera, you know, like, come on, you guys, that kind of thing. Okay, letter H is going to be hip escape. You might hear this a lot. Sometimes you might be hearing hip escape being referred to as shrimping, but this is a position. Um, this is a technique you can use to escape out from under somebody. Basically what you do is you start out like laying on the floor, you use your legs to lift your hips up off the floor, and then you use your abs to kind of push your butt out to one side away from your opponent. So this will help you to kind of create space to get away. Okay, next letter I. I have a couple here. Um, these are mostly abbreviations. The first one I have is ICP, 
which stands for Instructor Certification Program. I know for my organization, Gracie Baja, we have, this is what we call it, we have an ICP Instructor Certification Program. Um, because I've never trained anywhere else, I don't know what other organizations call their instructor program, but I mean, I imagine it'd probably be something similar, but this is what we call it, ICP for short. The next abbreviation is the IBJJF. You might hear people kind of mushing it all together, saying it fast, IBJJF, and it stands for the International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation. Um, this is, I believe, this organization was either founded in whole or in part by Master Carlos Gracie Jr. But basically, it is. this is where we send most of our competitors to compete and do tournaments, is the IBJJF. Um, obviously, we have our own internal tournaments that we call CompNet, but if we are going to non-internal tournaments... IBJJF is where we send them, um, you know, and in in several, the last several years, actually, like more and more world champions in them have been flying to all these different IBJJF academies, um, not academies, I'm sorry, tournaments, and because they, you know, there's an IBJJF tournament almost every weekend. There's there's one in Chicago that happens, I think, twice a year, but there's there's one in, like, every major city that I can think of. I know there's one in, like, Atlanta. There's one in Indianapolis. There's the Indianapolis Open. Here, Chicago, Chicago Open. Like, anyway, I'm getting a little off track. I apologize. But basically, IBJJF is legit. It's the International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation, and they host lots of really amazing tournaments for jiu-jitsu players in, like, all over the world and in tons tons of places so um but they are i i do not recommend that the ibjjf is your very first competition um it's they're large and there's a lot like they're big and there's lots and lots of different people from lots of different places people all sorts of different skill levels and it's just it can get really overwhelming so i would say if your school hosts an internal tournament do that first as your first tournament <laughs> And maybe even your second tournament, and then, you know, kind of graduate yourself to the IBJJF tournaments. <laughs> anyway, oh my gosh. Okay, moving on from letter I. I had a couple for letter J. Um, I am going to address this one. Juji Tiara. Although, to be honest with you, like, this is what I named my podcast, you guys. And I say it in the intro to every single episode. Um, and it's in my, like, description of the podcast and everything. So hopefully you guys read that. But just in case you didn't, um, a Jujitera is a woman who trains jujitsu. If you are not a woman, you would say Jujitero. Jujitero. So Jujitero, Jujitera. We are people who train jujitsu. Okay, next letter K. Oh, this is going this is going so much faster than last time. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Letter K. So the name you might hear a lot starting with a K is Kimura. So the Kimura is, it's another shoulder lock, and it's basically kind of the inverse of the Americana, but the the idea is the same. It's a shoulder lock. So the shoulder is immobilized, and then there's like a twisting or pressuring motion put onto the, the shoulder that is extremely uncomfortable, and then it makes people tap. Next for letter K is, an, is a position called knee on belly. This is exactly what it sounds like. 
it's exactly what it sounds like. We're not like I, I we're not super duper creative when it comes to naming stuff. Like we either call it what it is or we'd name it after the person who made it popular. So it's you know it's when you have your knee on somebody's belly. Oh my god. I don't know why I'm laughing so much, but so that's that's what it is basically. Like you'll see this a lot. It's a very um, it's a very good position to control your opponent because it really sucks having somebody's weight basically pressing into your abdomen. But I mean, you can't stay there forever. But anyway, whatever. Oh my god. But anyway, so yeah, knee on belly. So one one of your knees is on your opponent's belly, and the other one is basically um, acting as like a stabilizer. Okay, moving on. Letter L. Mm, honestly, there's not much here. I already talked about joint locks, and I've, I've talked about that a few times, so I think I'm just going to skip that. Moving on. Letter M. Letter M, the position I really want to talk about is mount. Mount. So there's a few different types or different ways you can mount somebody. I mean, there's like, there's full mount, there's back mount, there's side mount, there's like, you know, three quarters mount. Like, it's... But the basics is like mount is the most dominant position where you are sitting on top of a person, either sitting on top of their chest or on top of their back with your legs above their legs. And you are able to fully control them to the best of your ability. You are able to use your arms and your legs to pin them down to do things. That's mount. So that's the most dominant position and that's also a reason why you get the most number of points for achieving mount in a tournament it's yeah mountain back mount are always the highest amount of points that you get if you can get those next moving on letter n the position starting with n is north south so this is basically you know what this is kind of a mount position i think Kind of, yeah. So basically what happens in north-south is one partner is laying on their back facing this, with their face facing towards the ceiling. The other partner is laying kind of on their stomach, but like chest to chest with their partner, with their head facing towards their partner's legs. Now the, the person on top is the offensive player and their legs will be sprawled out behind them and they would be using their arms to get grips, probably trying to go for some sort of choke or set something up. And meanwhile, they're maintaining chest-to-chest pressure on the bottom player who's playing defense. And that's north-south. I mean, again, we're not creative with our names, you guys. You can figure out why we called it north-south. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, There's a couple for letter O. So moving on to letter O. There's a couple of names and then positions that I think are really commonly heard. So one of them is the omoplata, or omoplata, I guess, for if you're American. But um, so basically, omoplata, the easiest way I can think of to describe this is it's basically a kumura shoulder lock, just instead of executed by the arms, you're using your legs instead. It's it's a shoulder lock, basically. So omoplata. Next is the Osotogari. This is a really popular like takedown throw um, used in judo, but we also use it as well because, oh, if you're not sure, if you didn't know this already, so in jiu-jitsu, like, 
our our match doesn't really like start until after we get to the ground like we so we start standing but you have to take your opponent down first and then you do your jujitsu so we also practice elements of judo and one of the things we practice is the osotogai and the last one for letter o is us so here's okay i i need to tell you guys this this story i guess when i first started jujitsu i didn't I, I actually literally looked up on Google Translate, like, what us stood for, and obviously there was, like, nothing there, and I was like, I don't even know what this means, but okay, because, you know, I was like, well, from context clues, people seem to be really friendly when they say it, you know, it seems to be, like, their tone is very, like, open and encouraging and stuff, and I was like, okay, it's, it's like a friendly thing that we say before or after, usually after, or, like, before we begin a, a, a drilling session or whatever and people will just be like oh you know kind of like a yeah okay let's go type of agreement or whatever or even after class it would be more like a hey good job good to see you type of vibe you know and that's just kind of how I took it as um but for this episode what I wanted to do was I was like okay I really need to figure out what exactly this means like where did this come from so I asked my very good friend Google about the term us and what google told me was that us actually is a term that originated in japanese which if you think about it makes sense because brazilian jiu-jitsu developed out of japanese jiu-jitsu but anyway okay also my good friend google told me that the oss in us stands for one of two different phrases either Onegai shimasu, which I guess translates out of Japanese into English as please, if you will. And it's said when you are inviting somebody to start a sparring match, which, I mean, makes sense based on my personal experience. That's how we used it. Or the second phrase it could mean, it could stand for oshi shinobu, oshi shinobu, which translates into English as persevering when pushed. And is supposed to symbolize that we recognize in each other that we have to persevere through uncomfortable things. Which makes sense if you say that after we've just done a tough class, we look at each other all sweaty and tired and kind of looking like, Meh. and then we say, Oss, like, I see you, I recognize you. That actually makes a lot of sense. So there you go, Oss. It doesn't have a direct translation. There's no easy way to explain what it means, but that's the vibe. So if you hear people saying us, just, you know, bask in the knowledge that you know what it means and you can say us back with confidence. Okay, so next, letter P. Getting close to the end here, guys. Ugh, gotta take a sip of water. Okay. Letter P. Um, really, there's not a whole lot here. I do have professor. Now, this isn't, I'm talking about this because this is important. This is a level of honor and respect to a person. Basically, a pro so a professor is a person who has achieved the rank of black belt in jujitsu. This is a very high honor. Okay, it's a very high honor since, I mean, it's, guys, it's just really difficult to get a black belt in jujitsu. I think I've talked about this in some of the interviews I've done. Now, I've also done several interviews already preparing for season two and I think we've talked about this is that it takes on average 
on average, you guys, 10 years to get a black belt in jujitsu. That's just the average. Some people, it takes a few, you know, a, a few fewer years and some people it takes more years than that. But it's, it's, the average is around 10. It takes you about a decade of training before you achieve a black belt. So if you've achieved a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you should always be addressed as professor. It's, it's an honor and respect type of thing. And it's, I mean, it'd be like going to, going to university for 10 years and earning your doctorate. And then everybody just refuses to call you doctor. Like, I mean, it's like, I worked for 10 years for that. Can I please have the honor of being called doctor? It's the same thing, professor. It's like you worked for probably around 10 years for that. Give this person the honor of calling them professor. Okay, moving on. There's actually nothing for letter Q. If y'all know any sort of technique name starting with Q, positional name starting with Q, anything like that starting with Q, please let me know and I can make an addendum to this but I didn't have anything so skipping letter R the only thing I had here was a rash guard I let I'll just explain it real quick if you don't know what the rash guard is that's basically like the workout shirt we wear underneath our gi um it obviously has the logos of our academy on it and it's a slightly different than a spandexy workout shirt it I don't know what material it's made out of but it's kind of how it feels and it's it's literally there to protect our skin. It wicks moisture away and it really does protect your skin from getting blisters and rashes from being rubbed by the geese and stuff like that. For letter S, I think the ones that people are going to hear the most, um, the first one is probably spar. You might hear the word spar, sparring, set sparring, live sparring. So basically any sort of sparring is a jujitsu match between teammates that's used for practice. Um, you can adjust the intensity if your partner says, hey, you know, I'm really working on trying to stay active. You know, I have a competition coming up. Like, can you, can we kind of simulate more of a competition type of style? Then, you know, you guys can agree on that. If you're like, you know what, I'm like really tired. I'm like really sore. I really don't want to be very intense. Can we just kind of like just roll, roll and just chill for a little bit? Then you guys can agree on that. It's really just more like you guys are going to, you start the match and you allow it to evolve naturally. That's live sparring, by the way. You start your match and you allow it to evolve naturally um, and just kind of like see what happens. Be like, oh, I'm in this position now. Let me, let me get out of here. Like, oh, let me see if I can get that position. It's just, that's just kind of how it is. So spar sparring if it's set sparring because I talked about live sparring but if it's set sparring then you are practicing one specific position so the person there's an offensive and a defensive player the offensive player obviously tries to go for submission of some sort keep their position and the defensive player obviously is trying to get out so and then you guys just see who does what and you reset um what's next well there's lots for letter s I forgot about this but I'm gonna skip a whole bunch of them but the one that I used, I think, in one of my first episodes, first or second, I think, that my sister actually was wondering about is she's like, what did you mean when you said that? I had said this phrase, smash and pass. I don't know if other people use this. Maybe I heard it somewhere. But basically, this is what I call it when people who have some experience, they just kind of beat the crap out of beginners who have no experience. 
people who like to smash and pass are the people who like to mm, I don't know like they like to dominate other people for some reason without having to do anything they just I don't know okay that's that's a whole different episode anyway oh my gosh that's a different episode but the smash and pass what I consider to be a smash and pass is when you know you have more experience than your partner and instead of letting them drill or practice anything and instead of modifying your intensity to match their skill level you basically just go full out you you know if you're sweeping them you sweep them hard they land hard hopefully they know how to break fall but it's you know if they're beginners their break fall probably sucks so you know you guys know what I mean I hope smash and pass you just you smash your opponent down you pass them super easily because you can that's what that is that is not it's not a good vibe by the way it's not a good vibe don't do that okay letter s what is next things that people might wonder about okay so here's a position I mean this is this is a type of guard but you'll probably hear spider guard a lot or sometimes just called spider spider guard is a specific type style of open guard where the bottom player who is really the offensive player the bottom player will place instead of placing their feet on the hips of their opponent they actually place their feet on the inside crook of their elbow like your opponent's elbow so you're laying on the floor on your back you're holding onto your opponent's sleeves and your feet are being placed on the inside crooks of their elbows and you control them that way that's called spider guard okay i'm gonna skip all the rest of these terms i have it's you just you'll figure it out when you start training um okay letter t is next so i think the ones i want to address in letter t are the positions that start with letter t so the first one is triangle so a triangle is a triangle choke um typically is executed by the legs where one of your legs is over somebody's neck and their their own arm is stretched across their neck and body and they get choked in that manner by your leg and their arm squeezing the sides of their neck you could also do an arm triangle in the same manner where one of your arms is around one side of the, your opponent's neck and then their arm like the thing with the triangle is like you're using one of their own arms to help choke them their arm is stretched over the other side of their neck and then you apply pressure and it squeezes the sides of their neck for a blood choke so triangle um next position starting with t is turtle so the best way i can describe this is that this is a position where the bottom player is on their elbows and knees and they they pull their knees in as close to their chest as possible kind of some people kind of hunch over on their elbows some people will cross their arms over in front of their neck and kind of hunch their shoulders to try to avoid any chokes but then in doing that they don't have posts so that they kind of their shoulders are kind of on the mat but basically yeah so it's turtle like you turtle up so you, you know kind of look like a little turtle in his little shell again like we're not creative with these names you guys we're not creative with Oh my gosh. Okay, moving on. Letter U. We're almost to the end of the alphabet. So there's two names here that I just want to kind of briefly explain. So one that you might hear a lot is Uchikomi or Uchikomis. This comes out of Japanese 
and it basically refers to the, I think it translates to like preparation, but we basically use this to describe the drilling that we do to prepare for takedowns. It's you're practicing the arms and the footwork and the positioning and the timing and everything like that without actually following through with the actual takedown. It's everything else leading up to the actual takedown. That's your ujikomi. And that's what we drill when we are practicing. Okay, moving on. Letter V. There's nothing. I literally couldn't think of anything. So if you guys know of anything starting with V, let me know. Send me a DM. Email me. Whatever you want to do. Let me know. Um, the only thing I had for W is wrist lock. But I've talked about joint locks at least three times already. So it's a joint lock on your wrist. I've already explained what that is. Um, for letter X... Again, all I had was X guard, but I've already explained what guard is. So it's just another style of guard. And that's it. I'm at the end of the alphabet. I don't have anything for Y and I don't have anything for Z. So if you know, again, if you know of terms that start with either Q, V, Y, or Z, please let me know. I will make an addendum to this. So there you go. Those are common jujitsu terms explained. Now, I do want to say, I forgot to say this in the beginning, but I do want to say that, guys, season one, season one is actually almost over. There's only a couple more episodes left of season one, and then it's going to be a little break during summer because I need a little bit of a break, but also I need to prepare, and I'm also working two jobs. So, it's a lot going on. So, just stick with me. Keep your notifications turned on. Um, follow me on Instagram. That's where I'm the most active. If you want to interact with me, Instagram is the place to do it because that's where I'm at most of the time. That's the one I really know how to use and that's the one that I prefer. So that's where I'm at most of the time. Also Patreon too. I'm, I'm getting a lot better about posting more frequently, just like stuff, just like stuff over there, you know, just sometimes I have random posts. I have, I posted a sneak peek of the script. Well, I mean, it's kind of a script. It's more like a notes page. Um, I posted a sneak peek of the notes page there for Patreon, for patrons. So you guys could kind of see what I was up to. Um, so anyway, yeah, if you want to keep tabs with me, Instagram is the best way to do it. Instagram or Patreon, those, that's where you can find me. Um, if you have something you need to tell me for any reason, send me a message. Again, DM me on Instagram, you guys, or email me. I've got my email address in the show notes all the time. Podcast at gmail. Um, yeah, so we're coming to the end of season one. I am planning on doing a season one reflection type of short episode, sort of just to kind of wrap up season one, reflect on everything that happened, you know, all the topics, and then kind of let you know what to expect for season two that's going to come up. Um, and just stuff like that. So, yay! I'm so excited. Thank you so much for sticking with me. I can't believe it's episode 9 already. Gosh. You know, I think I had, like, dreamed about this. Like, it, this was a, this was the goal always, you know, when I was thinking about this podcast and starting it and everything. And I had a, my whole list of ideas that I wanted to talk about. And now that it's actually coming to fruition, sometimes I kind of have to step back and just be like, oh my gosh. Wow. You know, man, you know, time sure does fly. Anyway, I better stop this now before I get too sentimental. So 
I just want to say one more time, if you're listening to this, I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And I will see you in the next one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast, give it a rating, and leave me a review. If you have any questions for me, or if there's something you want me to talk about, then DM me on Instagram at Podcast, or email me at jujiteraspodcast at gmail.com. These will all be linked in the show notes below. See you next time.